I don't know if you followed uh, the news today of a very interesting museum that opened in Sweden. It's called the Museum of Failure. Samuel West's Museum of Failure is an act of celebration, he says. He displayed 51 uh, products in the Swedish city of Helsingborg. And he said that even the biggest, baddest, most competent companies fail. And this is all products by major companies like McDonald's and Coca-Cola and so on. I, I want to mention uh, three of them here. The motorcycle company Harley-Davidson um, released its own line of perfumes and colognes in 1996. They were called Hot Road and contained woody notes with hints of tobacco. Uh, in 1980s, Colgate uh, produced a line of frozen dinners, encouraging people to eat a branded dinner before brushing their teeth with Colgate. A much clearer failure was that of Coca-Cola, called Coke Black. It was a coffee-flavored Coca-Cola, uh, released in, uh, in 2006 and discontinued 2008 after complaints about the poor taste and combination with excessive caffeine. Millions of pounds have been spent on these failures. I think we all want to move away from the idea that we can be a failure. We don't want to be failures. We want to be successful. So what would you then ask the Lord if he stands before you as the generous God, like in 1 Kings chapter 3 that we've read over the last uh, couple of months, inviting you to say, what do you want? Our normal reaction to this question, this invitation would be to make a list before the Lord and say, yeah, Lord, there are a few things that I would really want in my life. And we've seen that a king could ask different things. We would, we would ask for a long life, like the kings could ask. Lord, I want to be, to have a meaningful life, to be significant. I want to show what is in me. Or, Lord, give me wealth, enough possessions. Um, because if I have that, Lord, I will really serve you with joy. Or, Lord, give me victory over my enemies, give me power. Let me climb the ladder of success because I will serve you better in a position of authority as a leader, a professor, a director, a manager. Lord, I would like status and honor because that would help me to serve you better. We would make a list. You would know what you would put on the list 
today. And in, this, in the midst of this urge for success and the fear of failure, we read Matthew chapter 6 where Jesus says, Do not worry about your life. Twice he says that. So do not worry. It sounds a bit cheap. When one initially hears these words of Jesus, it sounds like a harsh spiritual way of silencing people who are really worried in life. We really need God to intervene. Don't worry, everything will be okay. And then the people listening to us when we say these things sometimes do not have the courage to speak about things that are so difficult for them that they sometimes want to give up. So before we go on, we need to know what Jesus actually means when he says, do not worry. Perhaps the best is to understand what Jesus did not mean when he said that. And there are two things that he did not mean. The first is that we need to trust that things will always work out. This is very obvious from the context in Matthew chapter 6. At the end of the section we read, So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. The NIV says, each day has enough trouble of its own. So what Jesus is saying is that your faith will not protect you from concerns and worries. It will be there. There is trouble. Every day has its own evil. And secondly, Jesus does not mean that we should leave all things and just accept what must be must be and sit back with folded arms and do nothing he doesn't mean that our life should be a variation on the theme of be still and trust and do nothing clearly we would say well Jesus mentions the birds and the lilies here. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies and the field in the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Should we gather from this that the, the birds and the lilies do nothing? And that they just leave everything to God. This is a very naive conclusion. It is not that the birds and the lilies 
do nothing. It is true, Jesus says, that the, the, the birds and the lilies do not sow or reap or gather into barns. Because this is typical human work. Actually, this was the typical work that men did in those days. They sow, reap, and gather into barns. But the birds are always busy. I have a few swallows making nests against the man's there. They're always busy. Gathering. Doing what they are supposed to do as birds. They respond to the purpose that God had for them. Likewise, it's true that the lilies do not spin the garment that they wear. This is typical human work. Not the works of, of the lilies. Again, this was the typical work that women did in Jesus' day. But the lilies existed in their way and fulfilled their purpose to, to grow, to produce flowers. No less than the birds, they fulfilled the purpose that God had for them. Not to worry by no means mean that we do nothing. So how should we then understand Jesus' words not to worry? The expression do not worry about your life, so do not worry in the Greek language has a very interesting meaning. It actually means do not grasp what is beyond your power. Do not want to be more than you actually are. Do not try to get what you cannot really get. It's almost like Psalm 131 where the psalmist says, Lord, I'm not concerned of about things that's above me that I cannot work out. Now it becomes clear what Jesus means when he refers to the birds and the lilies. They do what they should do. They do not do human work. They are flowers and birds. They do not go beyond what they are. They answered only to their creative purpose. And that's enough. What they cannot do, God does for them. He feeds them and he dresses them. And this now also applies to us as humans. We should not worry, which means we should only be what we are and not more than we are. We as people cannot do everything 
and we shouldn't try to do everything. We must just be wholeheartedly and fully what we should be before God, fulfill our purposes. It becomes quite clear from verse 27 where Jesus says, Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? The King James Version says, Which of you by, by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? Which is old language, but it just basically means, Who of you can become taller than you are? Or who can add a single minute to your life? Can you change your appearance, who you are, when you look in the mirror? You cannot. Can you change the length of your body? Can you make your life longer or shorter? Shorter by worry, yes. But you cannot make it longer. God alone can do that. We must leave that up to God. So what should we do? Like the birds are birds and the lilies are lilies, so we should be God's people. Real human beings. So what does it mean to be a real human being? It's no coincidence that the call not to worry have been placed here in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 to 7. In the Sermon on the Mount, we are told what a real human being looks like. And it is summarized in one short verse from what we've read today. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Let the kingdom of God be your main concern. This is our purpose as human beings. We have no other purpose. And you know, in the heart of the Sermon on the Mount, it is actually written quite well what it means to be this person who's seeking the kingdom of God first in the Lord's Prayer. Where Jesus teaches us to pray. A real human being is a person whose life is filled with this prayer. Let your name be hallowed. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Lord, provide in our needs and provide in the needs of others. And you know, Lord, I know that the way I forgive others is a measure for how you will forgive me. And Lord, 
destroy the structures of evil. And we become part of that plan. As someone who went to an orthodox priest, monk, in, in the desert and said, listen, I struggle to know what God's will for my life is. Can you give me guidance? And he said, you go away. And every time you ask that question, you pray the Lord's Prayer. And he will show you what his will is. Come back after three months. And after three months, the man came back and he said, there is no problem now for me to know what God's will for my life is. Because God's will is clear in the Lord's Prayer. This is why we live. This is kingdom people. This is the purpose of our lives. Solomon asked when he had all the different options to ask from, a long life, wealth, whatever, power, he said, Lord, the only thing I want is to do your will. Give me a hearing heart. Give me an obedient heart. It is as if he didn't worry about the future. Only God's guidance was important to him. Jesus addresses in the, 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 the passage that we've read this morning, this problem in our lives, that our hearts are divided between his will and our will. He says that people who are not focused... People who do not understand the purpose of their lives are people with divided hearts. They lose their hearts on the treasures here on earth. He says, wherever your treasure is, verse 21, there the desires of your heart will also be. Martin Luther said that that thing in your life that you really Trust in the last instance that is your God. He says, I say upon which you set your heart and put your trust is properly your God. The divided heart, Jesus says, is related to double vision. A blurred vision in our lives. He says, your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. He says, a divided heart is when you serve two masters. No one can serve two masters, he says, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. When we have divided hearts, we lose our way 
We lose purpose in life. There is no sense to live then. Then we will be worried about our lives. About our food and our clothes. All the things that we think are important in life. And then anxiety will creep in. But Jesus promises that if we live our lives focused on his kingdom, his righteousness for all, his will for our relationships, caring for people, praying for food for people, forgiving, he will look after us. He says, do not be concerned. Let the kingdom be your primary focus. This is your business on earth. The rest is my business. I look after that. Obviously, this is not a cheap call on our lives to do that. This is expensive. It is the call to follow Jesus all the way to our own cross. Because then our own views and ideals and dreams come in service of his dream for the world. And Jesus is the one who showed us most of all what it means to give up everything for the sake of his Father's name, for the sake of his Father's kingdom, for the sake of his Father's will, for the sake of our forgiveness, for the sake of destroying poverty and the structures of evil. This is what Jesus calls us to do. Maybe you have missed the last few words of the reading from 1 Kings chapter 3. After Solomon said, Lord, give me a hearing heart, a discerning heart, an obedient heart. We read the following. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for a long life, more time, or wealth for yourself, nor have asked for the death of your enemies for power, but for discernment in administering justice, I will do what you have asked. God will give that. But then he adds, Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that in the lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will also give you a long life. What God says here to Solomon is echoed in the words of Jesus. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What God says, those things that you do not ask for, that's my concern, and I will decide whether I give it to you or not. But one thing you can know is that I will look after you when you Look after the kingdom. 
The Museum of Failure. The owner, West, says, the trick is to create an organizational culture that accepts failure so that you can fail small rather than failing big. You can fail small rather than failing big. You see, the ultimate failure in our lives is not whether or not we had a long life, enough possessions, great power, climbed the ladder of success, was a professor or director or managing a big company. Whether we had status or honor, whether people took us seriously, if you didn't make that, that small failures. The ultimate failure is when you miss the purpose of your life. That's the ultimate failure that will count before God. Whether you have sought His kingdom and His righteousness. If that's not the focus of your life, your life is a failure. But it's never too late to change that, to change direction, to start all over and say, Lord, I want to fulfill the purpose of my life more than the birds and the lilies. And I'm going to trust you that when I turn around from where I am now, that you will look after me. Let's pray together. Father, we come before you as the generous and gracious God. The one who wants to give us just the best in life. Thank you that when our hearts are focused on you, that you look after us. We've seen it so many times in our lives, Lord. Help us if our heart is not in the right place today, that there will be, by the power of your Spirit, a change of heart. a change of direction. Come, Spirit of God, enable us that the kingdom of God and His righteousness will be our primary concern.
For we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.